Hey, John. How are you? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it feels a bit, it feels a bit weird to say I'm doing doing well after the weekend's news, doesn't it? Uh, but you know, all things considered, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. How about you, Ethan? Yeah, yeah I'm doing fine. Uh, wondering what your what your screen time is looking like over the last few days. <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, yeah. It's it's going to be blowing out those averages by quite a lot, I imagine. Yeah. I imagine yours is the same as well. Uh, I'm. I, I've blissfully, out of mercy to myself, I've decided to to turn off my screen time notifications on my phone because smart. The truth is, John, I, I just don't want to know. Uh, so. No, you got to take care of yourself. Don't <laughs> let your iPhone shame you. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, we we talked on Saturday. I spoke with with Helen. Um, that was really a, a knee jerk yeah. reaction, and we're not too much past knee jerk territory. It's been a little more than two days since these events started unfolding. And I think I think a good place to caveat is, first of all, we don't know much about the specifics of what's happening on the ground. A lot of this is shrouded in mm-hmm. operational secrecy, what the IDF is doing to root out uh, elements of Hamas that are still in the country. And the other thing is we just don't know much. We just don't know much right. about anything. And I, I would caution anyone that's listening to this, if you hear someone on Twitter or on a podcast tell you exactly what they think is happening, don't believe them. Um, and with that, John, I'd like to ask what's happening. <laughs> really set me up there. Uh, I think it is a incredibly good note at the top of the podcast to, to mention because, you know, I've, we've been all spending far too much time on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, which is, is not a pleasant place. And, and you're exactly right. It's full of people pretending they know precisely what's going on, which is at best speculation, at worst fake news. Um, but what we do know, or at least what we can be pretty sure of knowing, given that it's been reported by multiple very reliable outfit um, outlets, is, and we're recording Monday evening in the US, um, so Monday saw uh, continued rocket attacks from the Gaza Strip into Israel uh, and settlements in the West Bank. Um, we know there was a, a multiple big airstrikes from the uh, Israeli Air Force on targets in Gaza. And, you know, you've seen photos coming out of collapsed buildings and, and all that kind of stuff in Gaza. Really pretty striking images of the destruction in the Gaza Strip. Um, but I think the big news today really is that the Israeli defense minister has announced uh, and quoting a, a complete siege on the Gaza Strip. Um, and that means they're cutting off electricity, uh, no food, no sh- food shipments into Gaza, no fuel, uh, and a complete closure of the the borders into the Gaza Strip. Um, I think that was the kind of big breaking news today. It's... Um, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, overwhelming thing to contemplate besieging the Gaza Strip, but I suppose Israel feels like it doesn't have much of a choice. Yeah. Um, it, I, I did note that Hamas issued a statement saying they would publicly execute an Israeli hostage for every additional airstrike, and, and they've, apparently they've got, you know, well over 100, maybe 150, something like that, um, number of Israeli hostages. So we're really just in a, in a place of... It's, it's hard to do justice to the horror that that's going on there really is I guess what I would what, what I would say yeah and and we know that among the hostages are foreign nationals I mean I mean there Israelis are, are, are of course have been taken hostage but uh, speculation by folks in the Biden administration that Americans have been taken hostage we've heard reports that Thai nationals that are working uh, living and working in Israel were taken hostage um, 11 Americans 
are among the dead so far that have been confirmed. So it's it's become something of a global issue. I mean, Argentines are among the dead. Oh, yeah. um, Germans, French, you know, across the board. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, you know, I mean, it's it is abs- it absolutely just by the nature of it is a global issue. But you know, obviously there are other nations involved in it. Um, but I think the, the the bigger picture is that kind of there just seems to be so many countries that have a stake in this conflict, or at least very strong views in the conflict. I think right as we're about to record the this evening. Um, I think it was the UK, US, Italy, France, and Germany came out with a joint yeah. statement saying that they would, you know, support Israel's right to defend itself. So you've got, you know, that that kind of statement. You've got Qatar and other countries coming out, sort of blaming Israel for the yeah for the attack. Yeah, we, we've and, heard reports that Qatar might be interested in, in mediating a hostage swap of I heard that. women and children, um, something yeah, like thirty six. Palestinian women and children that are in Israeli prisons in exchange for uh, the Israeli and, and other women and children that are now in Hamas custody. Yeah, right. So, like, I mean, it's clearly a global cr- sort of conflict and crisis just by the nature of it. And all of that is happening while Israel's called up, I think, 300,000-odd reservists. There were reports of folks returning from overseas to to report to their, their battle stations. Um, and they're kind of, it seems like, again, not not 100% sure about it, but it seems like they're kind of all moving south and massing along the Gaza border for uh, an anticipated ground offensive or siege, as the defense minister said. Yeah, massing along the Gaza border, but also massing uh, along Israel's other hot borders. I mean, its border with with Jordan is is cool. Its border border with Egypt is cool. These are countries with whom Israel has friendly relations. But Lebanon and Syria in the north are countries with whom Israel does not have friendly relations. So we've seen images of tank columns and Humvees moving to position along those borders. John, I want, I want to quickly talk uh, and get our definitions straight because this stuff can be mm-hmm. really confusing. So, it, yeah. yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm uh, confused by it already, news. to be honest. Yeah. So just, just quickly, I want to, I want to remind folks that... Um, Although we imagine a future Palestinian state as essentially two uh, um, distinct constituent states, one in the West Bank uh, and one in Gaza, essentially a federation, that's how a lot of people imagine it. Today, these are two very distinct entities. One is controlled, the West Bank is controlled by the Palestinian Authority, um, uh, which Mm -hmm. is more cooperative with Israel, has a, um, is less uh, interested in using terror as a, a tactic to extract concessions from Israel. And, and the other is Hamas. Um, and these are bitter rivals, Hamas and, and Fatah, um, that controls the West Bank. Fought a war for, for control of the, of the Palestinian kind of exactly. governance, right? Back in 2007 or right. whatever it June was. June of 2007, Hamas uh, defeated Fatah in a pretty bloody week-long civil war uh, and took control of Gaza. Mm. And conditions in Gaza since then have been utterly horrific, uh, in part because of the Israeli blockade, but largely because of the way that Hamas treats its people. It's a brutal Islamist dictatorship. Um, And so when we think about the siege that Defense Minister Yoav Gallant has, has promised, what does it mean? 
What does that look like for the people of Gaza? Yeah, I think it's really important that you 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 put a you put your finger on both Israel blockade contributing to um, the situation and, and an Egyptian blockade. Yeah, Israel and Egypt working together to close off exactly Gaza's a blockade of Gaza by the countries around it, i.e., Israel and Egypt. Um, but but I'm also glad that you pointed out that Hamas treats its own civilian citizens or, you know, people, citizens isn't the right word technically, but people who live in Gaza um, terribly, because I think you're kind of, you're going to get a sense from this siege that the blockade is going to intensify. Um, you know, it means that uh, people, a lot of Gazans who are able to cross the border into Israel to work, um, they have to have a permit to do so. They're not going to be able to do that anymore. So remittances coming from Israel back into Gaza, which is a huge part of the Gazan economy because famously, you know, financial controls are very tight. They're not going to be able to do that anymore. Um, and, you know, I, I think one of the first buildings hit by an Israeli airstrike was the the Watan Tower, which controls Gaza's internet. So that's presumably gone or severely hampered. It's electricity, flow of goods, all of these kinds of things are going to stop. Um, but I think a big question about what a siege also means is how Hamas is going to react to what, you know, what what, what were they preparing for as the, as the blowback from their terrorist attacks? Right. Have they stockpiled enough fuel, uh, enough fuel, enough food, humanitarian goods to last a while? Presumably, but maybe not. Maybe they don't care enough about that situation to have done that um i think <laughs> you know the one thing we do know is it's going to be absolutely horrific for average people living yeah. in gaza um and you know wh whether you think that's because of hamas you know not giving them the resources they need or the blockade it, it that kind of doesn't matter it's just going to be horrible yeah. and john one one statistic that i've seen pop up a handful of times over the last few days is half of the population of Gaza is under the age of 18. 40% of Gazans are under the age of 14. So there will be consequences for such a brutal siege as has been promised. Uh, yeah. One thing we can be pretty sure of is it won't, at least in the short term, move us closer to peace. John, we're going to have to take a, a quick advertising break, but we'll come right back. Today's show is sponsored by Holy. With Holy, you can earn cash back, rewards, and discounts on everything from mental health and fitness to personal care and productivity. Here's how it works. You get cash back, savings, and points for various health and wellness services. Then you can redeem your points for cash back or use them for premium products and services in Holy's wellness marketplace. Check out the show notes to learn more. Holy is the credit card to make health and wellness more affordable. All right, we're back. John, you had something to say about that. Yeah, just really quickly, you left on a, on a good point. And I, I think one of the things that is the big unknown here is um, how this siege will go. I think a lot of folks have kind of just assumed that because the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, you know, general military of the Israel is so powerful, particularly compared to Hamas and the resources they have, they're assuming that Israel will be able to kind of, you know, go in and, and 
and take out Hamas leadership relatively right. quickly. But I don't think that's clear at all. Um, you know, it's <laughs> Hamas has prepared a long time for this kind of war. Um, there is famously a network of tunnels all through Gaza where militants and terrorists hide and have weapons. Um, there's been recent history or relatively recent history in the 2000s of the Israeli army not doing a great job in, in Lebanon in winning these right. kinds of urban warfare battles. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lesson from Ukraine uh, that we see that the balance of war in 2023 massively favours the defenders or the people who are sort of, you know, at home where the battle is. Um, you know, the anti-tank weapons, bombs, all these kinds of things mean that Hamas can really slow down the Israeli siege and 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 if there is a ground offensive into Gaza, it's not. I'm not. I'm not sure it's going to be easy for Israel to achieve their goals, which Netanyahu said is to essentially remove Hamas from existence yeah. for the next, you know, generation or so. And and the thing that you know we keep coming back to that makes this all the more complicated is that there are hundreds of hostages in Hamas custody right now. And yeah. Israel has a, a track record of taking very seriously hostages that are in their enemies' hands. Uh, in 2011, there was the case of Gilad Shalit, who was traded yes. for more than a thousand Palestinian prisoners. So what's the price for 150 Israelis? Astronomical, more than Israel could possibly pay. Uh, and with a ground offensive um, in such a densely populated place, there's a very high likely likelihood that Israeli assets, soldiers, equipment, commanders will also be under threat of being taken hostage. John, I want to move to uh, something slightly different. Mm -hmm. we, we've talked a bit about Iran. When we made our initial assessment of the timing of Hamas's attack, we pinpointed uh, the Israeli-Saudi normalization agreement that's you know yep. that, that's been on track for for a long time. Iran's interest in potentially derailing that. What do we know now about Iran's involvement? Well, there's, I mean, not a lot. Is the again back to back to kind of our our general reminders of no one really knows what's going on. Yes. Um, <laughs> there was a report in the Wall Street Journal uh, today that said, uh, oh, Ir Iran had helped plan the attack and given the green light at a meeting recently. Um, you know. I'm very skeptical of a report that comes 12 hours after an offensive like that in which nobody knew because it is unthinkable to me that US intelligence wouldn't have shared any information they had with the Israelis. Uh, and, and so I suspect this is kind of a leak post the event to damage Iran or to at least be, it's a political leak essentially. Um, we don't know if Iran is, is involved. Um, my suspicions are that they probably didn't have you know, any knowledge of this attack in any detail or when it was going to happen or anything like that. But they they fund Hamas, they work closely with Hamas, they train Hamas. So yes, they are involved, obviously, right? Um, and, and I think, you know, it's pretty clear that Iran and, and Hamas have very similar goals. That is the destruction of Israel, The um, they want to stop the normalization of Saudis and other Arab countries with Israel. Um, so, I, you know, it kind of doesn't really matter at this point for our purposes, whether Iran was, you know, giving the green light to this attack, it's, it's, they're so involved that they may as well have, even if they didn't. Yeah. I, I think, um, we'll try our best to deliver levity to this horrific situation where we can. And <laughs> good uh, luck. <laughs> there's, there's been, there's been very little of it, but I did have a good laugh at, at one tweet, which was, um, and pardon 
this this verbal meme, but it says Mossad. We don't know what's happening. CIA. We don't know if Iran was behind the attacks in Israel. And it says Wall Street Journal. We spoke with our spy and Hezbollah leadership, four Quds generals, and the Grand Ayatollah's personal kebab chef, and they all proudly confirmed that Iran masterminded this. So that that one that one my my best tweet of the day. Um, That's good. Yeah. So yeah, they've got some skills over at the Wall very, Street Journal. Very impressive reporting, but I think I think you're spot on. It's kind of an academic question whether or not Iran masterminded this, because you know, for the most part. Uh, they give their proxies license to operate how they want, but they're all rowing in the same direction, as far as we can tell. Right, John. Last question, uh, because we're gonna have a lot more conversations about this. Yeah. But for now, you know, what are the risks of a wider war, and and, and what are the parties doing to head that off? Okay, so I famous last words here, but maybe tiny piece of optimism that I have about this so far is I don't see that there's a massive risk of a wider war or I'm not seeing that yet. Um, you know, I, I really don't want to be wrong about that, but I'm kind of, I'm not seeing the signs of, um, of that yet. Obviously there's been some sporadic fighting in the North, um, on Israel's border with Lebanon. Um, and Hezbollah is always a threat to kind of mobilize and open up a second front, um, in this kind of situation. Um, I, I don't see Hezbollah having any kind of, I mean, very briefly, Hezbollah kind of acts as a, as a second strike capability for Iran, almost like an insurance policy for Iran in the same way that spreading out nuclear missiles across a country and having them on submarines and on planes Mm. allows you to kind of, if you attack us here, we can attack you from somewhere else. Um, and that's a great analogy. Yeah. And as long as, you know, I mean, as, as long as the war doesn't spread to kind of Iran feeling directly threatened in the near future. I, I just don't see what the advantage or what Hezbollah has to gain from getting involved in this. But, you know, God knows they're not necessarily thinking straight. And I don't I certainly don't have the mind of a of a terrorist. So who knows what their calculus is? Um I you know, I think Israeli media has reported that Israel has told Hezbollah, this again on the on the northern border, that the US military would join in um and help Israel fight back against Hezbollah. And that's kind of, I guess, a, a way of saying, hey, stay out of this. Strong this isn't your fight. Yeah. yeah, let us let us deal with one threat at a time. Um, so, I mean, I think that's that's the kind of my takeaway at the moment. Um, but, you know, I think probably Hamas's goal here was to try and stoke a broader uprising, perhaps in the West Bank, perhaps in in Lebanon with Hezbollah. So it really, I think a lot depends on on how this siege, this offensive in Gaza plays out. If it if it becomes even more brutal than we can imagine now, um, and if it if it is, becomes protracted, there's a chance that it may spread. But you know, all of this is supposition. But right now, as we sit here, maybe that's the only good bit of news that I can come up with is that it doesn't seem like it's going to spread in the near future. I don't know. What yeah. do you think? Uh, I mean, I think, I hope you're right. I yeah. hope you're right. I don't, I'm not sure I, I necessarily share that optimism. I mean, I, I've seen some people speculate and all of this is speculation. Again, Just we must remember, say that. <laughs> all of this is speculation. Uh, but I've seen people speculate that um, Hezbollah is waiting until Israel expends its arsenal of Iron Dome missiles which it's used mm-hmm. thousands of over the past few days uh, to protect its cities from thousands of Hamas-fired rockets. Um, 
So if that's the case, then, you know, it might be a good time for Hezbollah to enter the conflict. Then again, you know, um, mentioned deterrence. We saw an American aircraft carrier strike group in the Eastern Mediterranean uh, yep. yesterday. Uh, so the U.S. is saying to Israel, uh, you know, we have your back, but to the rest of the region, this is as far as it's going to go. Stay out of it. Yeah, exactly. Stay out of it. So, John, that's, uh, I mean, that's all we've got for now, um, unless you have yeah. any final closing thoughts. No, I think we're going to try and keep across it um, as the week goes on and probably, you know, longer than that, um, as well as bringing you other important things because you know as all consuming and as horrific as this is the world is still spinning and there's things yeah. that are important going on elsewhere but um yeah i mean hopefully there'll be better news soon right totally but i i think if, if people are wondering why we're spending so much time on this this is unlike previous dust-ups between the israelis and palestinians oh yeah um this is this is a brave new world uh and we'll have some Israeli commentators on hopefully this week to, to explain why, but um, this is serious and that's why we're covering it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's game changing in the region. Well, we, we hope you find uh, these conversations useful uh, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, John. Thanks, Ethan. Talk soon. <laughs>